Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Vic Mattis, although I'm also here with some other people. The baby is over here. I'm going to roll him in the stroller. And the toddler is, at the moment, having some screen time in the room next door so that Mama can do her job. And that's what it looks like to balance everything. She's properly pinned. She can't she can't really escape. So, we're in a we're in a good place. You might hear her scream, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We're your morning show for any hour, helping you keep up with the news. How are you doing, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Have you thought about playing something long like Lord of the Rings trilogy? Or yes. something like that. Just She'd probably be in into there. it. You know, she's it's got fantasy. That fantasy. That's what my dad genre. would say. Yeah, yes. that's right. That's right. It's my, you know, my parents, particularly my father was notorious for showing like inappropriately violent movies to the kids. And I he, am also in the Dr. Mattis tradition. Oh that's my, uh... Yes, it's something. When they were young, he showed them Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so scary. And it, you know what he said? I, and it's like it takes place in the Spanish Civil War and this alternative, you know, this girl's head because, you know, like how she was processing it and everything. And then, you know, at the end is terrible. And I, I brought this up to him and he said, ah, he says, it's fantasy. Ah, it's <laughs> fantasy. fantasy. It's, fantasy it. means any kids can watch fantasy. I am hanging in there because I had yet another procedure oh yesterday, goodness. oral surgery. I had two things in one. One, they put a, well, one, they extracted a tooth where there was kind of this abscess thing. And it is, that is not pleasant to have no. the tooth extracted. But if you're going to have it done, take it from me, listeners, go to an oral surgeon, not a dentist, because the oral surgeon will be quick. They know what they're doing. And I had a bad experience with a dentist. And then the other thing I had was part one of a dental implant. I thought the whole thing was going in, like the tooth, right. everything. In fact, it's the anchor part. You know, like if you're putting a screw into a wall, you got to put that anchor in there. And they put that in there. So I have two things going on and I am back to a soft food diet. I'm very lightheaded. So let me preface the show by saying to the listeners, forgive me if I am oh, it's... not not my coherent self and not my informative self. I, I won't have my usual profound insights that I know you usually are expecting I from I can me. just feel that we're going to nail this. Vic. This is going to be I... something... I am so lightheaded. Look, look what I had to subsist on today, Mary Catherine. We don't have video. Oh, no. He's it, got a little go-go applesauce squeeze like it, my children have. <laughs> yes. I felt like a child because you got to you know, squirt this thing and it's ridiculous. And I hope nobody saw me. So oh, that, that, that's what's happening from with me. How are you? Besides me, uh, you are multitasking today. I am multitasking. This is our first week where my husband, since the baby was here, where my husband is full-time away from the house. Mm. So we're just learning to do that dance. And maybe a few balls get dropped in there. <laughs> you know, like maybe I miscalculate here and there, but we're doing okay. And although today the miscalculation had really nothing to do with time, it actually had to do with just, it's been a while since I had toddlers right <laughs> and i forgot <laughs> i forgot what they're like so i think you just we just erase it from our memory yes so i i took my toddler 
to the doctor. I took her to the doctor for a hearing screening. There are not really any concerns, but she didn't get one when she was born Mm -hmm. because I don't have them in the hospital. So she didn't get it then. Then I took her to the pediatrician and the pediatrician's little tool broke because or didn't work because they don't have to use it very often. So they don't maintain it because everybody gets this done at the hospital. And then they were like, make an appointment with a, you know, an audiologist and let us know what happens. Did I do that? No. Do I have a little bit of an excuse? Yes, because it was the dumb Omicron surge and everybody was like having oh, weird yeah. problems scheduling. And I was like, you know what? Just whatever. Oh, you know, that's right up there with elective surgeries. Everybody's yeah. postponed. I was Whether, like, you know, at her like, age or at my age, colonoscopies, it's like 11 months ahead. You got to right. schedule 11 months ahead. So now. I was like, let's just clap in her general direction and see if she responds. All right. I think we're okay. Okay. So after that laissez-faire approach, yeah. I decided to actually have the thing done. Except I forgot about that you have to wrangle a toddler for this. Instead of like a newborn, they just lay on you and they test their ears. Okay, so we go in to the actual ENT and (laughs) and my toddler, I have both the baby and the toddler. So normally this works out okay. I have the baby in a stroller and I just carry the toddler and it's fine. We make it, we've done the doctor before. This time, it must be said that I have a very uncuddly toddler. She's not interested in sitting on your lap oh. at all. <laughs> she's not interested in being held. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's By not interested. Anyone? No, she's not interested okay. in you reading her a book. Now that she's interested in climbing everything and running away. She's got a lot of things to do, places to go, things <laughs> so, to see. And she's very good humored and cute enough about it that it's like nobody's mad at it. We get to this waiting room and I realize, oh no, I have to fill out the new patient forms. Okay, oh, so I can oh, handle toddler oh, mm-hmm. and baby yeah. and doctor, but I cannot handle toddler, baby, doctor, and writing. I yeah, can't the clipboard. Do, the I clipboard. can't do that Many one. pages. Eventually, I just had them hold the clipboard and said, can you just show me what to sign? So who knows what permissions I have given them? It could be really yes. off the rails, Vic. It's I like, don't know. It's like it's, it's, you promise to pay. You can't welch out of that. If I can say that, I don't know if that's politically correct. Oh my gosh, we might have offended somebody. <laughs> yes, the Welsh and HIPAA, of course. Right. And then, oh, records. You know, you, yes. If you want to share your records with other people. And, but then there's usually a long checklist of like symptoms and things. It's so crazy. Oh yeah, I was just like, and I all don't the know, medical she's a baby. Just like, just N-A, yeah. N-A, not, ap- yeah. not applicable. Yes. So anyway, I scribbled all over these forms and tried to get some things down for them. I was like, can you just... Can I just do them online later? And they're like, no, we can't treat you until you do the form. So it did the form. We go back to the, the office. And of course, we get into the office. And it's like a more like a grown-up office. So unlike the pediatrician, there are tools and things everywhere. And I'm just re- like trying to put her in a chair and make her sit. It's not working. I did get saved by the, uh, the front desk folks who handed me two lollipops. So we were able <laughs> to keep her occupied with those. Okay for part of the visit then we moved to like an audio lab where they put her on a seat and have her respond to different things but i'm supposed to hold her now with a lot of toddlers this would be fine because they like to be held by their mothers not mine oh my gosh she's like who is this stranger let me go i'm gonna go climb things again so we tried our best to get her to sit (laughs) and respond to things and got like halfway through and then also, no thank you to the people informing me that she was eating the wrapper 
of her lollipop and i was like yes i put i gave her the wrapped lollipop to keep her occupied for longer that's a real third kid move okay <laughs> if she has to get through the wrapper she's gonna need more time that's the plan yeah but it's but it's not like the you know the ape in the zoo eating the orange through the rind you she'll know? be fine I, I told i told the lady she very rarely swallows foreign objects she's okay that was i you know i was i was wondering if you gave her the lollipop to play with or to open up and to have but no both the, no, the both. answer is both she, uh, okay she all right it was a toy and food now and then, how does uh, it work by the way how does it work for the the hearing test because when you're older you know, the 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 person will ask you if you hear something in your left side or right side, you raise right. your hand. How about when you're like- So for kids, they put the them in a room age. and they have two speakers, one on either side, and they mm -hmm. put the sounds coming out of the speakers and then they turn their heads. So they do, they judge <laughs> oh, based they on- they do. It's weird. Okay. Well, yeah, right. they judge based yeah. on whether they turn their heads. Oh. So it's a, a little, uh, who knows, Yeah, right? yeah. Because she might be distracted with other things. Yeah, so she might be like, interested. I hear it, but I'm not turning. So- at any oh rate, goodness. that all turned out fine-ish. I mean, as fine as it can go with a toddler yes. and as best results as they can get with a toddler. And then, and they also couldn't get a reading like the newborn screening. They couldn't get the reading in both ears because she moved too much. So I was oh like, well, maybe yeah. we got this, the different ear than we got the first time at the pediatrician and we can put them together. We'll have a whole reading. Anyway. So we go back to the doctor office and he checks in with us and he says, oh, everything looks fine. I think you're good. And, and I say, OK, I'll try not to leave too much of a mess here. And then he notices there's another kid because <laughs> the baby's just hanging out in the stroller. He's like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> he said, oh, I just thought that was her stroller. I was like, nope, nope. There's there are two here. And then I hear him leave the office and say to one of the nurses, like, those are close together. <laughs> you didn't hear the doctor actually say that did no you? i did i did wow I did. he's like wow Woof. practically he, he said it i like to think he said it admiringly admiringly <laughs> that you really wanted to have close to irish twins yeah so then then i finally get her out of the office i say thanks for the thanks for the lollipops guys you saved the day make sure all my stuff is signed they're like there is a copay and i was like please send the bill to the house i cannot yeah, do this right fine. now gotta go <laughs> so i grab her up i put her in the hallway and i let her run down the hallway to the elevator she's finally free she's very excited she loses a shoe i pick up the shoe we're a mess we get out to the elevator lobby and she's running around because i want her to get some of this energy out and one of the nice ladies in the elevator lobby is like oh how old is she jazz and how old is he and she said, and I said, ah, oh, she's just like a month. She's an irrational monster, this child, right? And she said, just wait till you have two that age and, or two toddlers. And I said, I said, well, I already have two children. So you can't just wait me because I've been there. <laughs> that you, yes. Little do they know. I was like, although these are very close together, it may have been a strategic error. So you will, in a few years, be happy that they will be able to keep each other occupied i know well and i i am glad that i have trained the baby now on a pacifier so now i have at least 50 percent ah. of my kids my little kids i can busy on that i can help with yes. something that i think that will save us a lot of whining over the years yes so. although uh, my kids never took 
This is what I'm saying. I didn't think either one of them was one of them was going to. And I was like, this this is trouble. This is do trouble, you, Steve. Do you remember with your oldest kids? Were they also? Oh, they they took them, and the second well, one loved hers. She was the only one I had to break of the habit. And these two, I thought weren't going to like it, but I was like, you know what? I need another tool, little baby. You know what? You will like this. You will enjoy it. Yeah. At the risk of being completely dependent on it, but that's okay. No, I was like, we'll, we'll worry, worry about, about it. it in we first will grade. worry about it when he's three and a half. It's fine. We'll do right now. That's right. We're fine. Anyway. So right after that, I loaded everybody back up in the car, came home and I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe no double, double tiny baby visits to the doctor anymore. Cause that was a lot. You did what you had to do. There was no other alternative. You had to. You got to get the hearing checked. We had to do the thing. Yes, we had to, do, had the to thing. do the thing. Oh, yes. my goodness gracious. Shall we do the news, Vic? Let's do it. All right. Oh, we got some Fauci news today. Last week, we told you guys about how the lab leak theory, which it turns out for much of the federal government in 2003, has become the most likely theory for COVID's origin. The DOE or the Department of, of Energy announced it believes with, quote, low confidence. The FBI with somewhat more confidence. In fact, FBI Director Christopher Wray said this in an, a Fox News interview this week, acknowledging like the Bureau's assessment that it was the most likely result. Most we'll likely. play a little audio from that. Now there's this Department of Energy study uh, that says it's likely uh, to have come from a lab leak, although the confidence low. It cites the FBI. What is the determination by the FBI? So, uh, as you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, et cetera, who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that, that in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. But it took so long to get here, Vic. Yeah, that's right. It took so long to get here. Why? Well, let's hear what Dr. Anthony Fauci was up to in February of 2020. This is from the Free Beacon, I think originally reported by the New York Post from new emails surfaced during the New Republican Congress's attempt to do some accountability on the COVID response. Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a February 2020 research paper to dismiss the theory that the COVID-19 virus leaked from a Chinese laboratory, emails obtained by House Republicans show a, revolution that a revelation that comes as multiple federal agencies voice support for the so-called lab leak theory. Fauci cited the paper titled The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2 during a White House white press conference on April 17th, 2020, during which he pretended to be unfamiliar with the authors. Yet he held a call with the four authors in February 2020 to discuss new evidence that the pandemic emerged from a leak at China's Wuhan Institute of Virology. The authors sent Fauci the paper, which claimed that COVID likely emerged from an animal-to-human infection, for edits before its publication, the New York Post reported. But, and this is me talking now, but he stood up in front of all of us and said, here's a 
totes legit study that I am not disclosing any knowledge of and in fact acting like I have no knowledge of the the things that went into it and using it to justify tamping down discussion of this theory. He's a mess. That dude's a mess. He gets called back to Congress, right? I mean, do they ever make any progress with him, though? Like, he gets called back to Congress, but to what end? Because he's just like, well, I'm science. Yes. I, I mean, that's one of the frustrating things, because he sits there and he's very smug, and he says that any attack on him is an attack against science. I don't know if it works anymore, though. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if, you know, everybody deferred to him when this thing first happened, right? He was a hero to everybody. God forbid you challenge him on anything, right? He was portrayed, for goodness sakes, by Brad Pitt. You know, oh but my now, gosh. Yes. By the way, we still have to watch that and review it. It would it, be too cringy. It's too much, is <laughs> As the kids would say, it's cringe. It would be cringe. But I don't know. I think a lot of the media feel, as you know, that it just wouldn't be helpful to go back and fight the wars of the past if you're trying to fight the wars of the future. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. He says, this is the quote from that, uh, from that press conference where in April 2020. There was a study recently that we can make available to you where a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences in bats as they evolve and the mutations that the COVID virus took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human, Fauci said during the press conference. I mean, all of that is debatable, of course. And the idea that you wouldn't disclose that you were part of developing this study is really unethical. That's the that's the that's the key here is that he did not disclose that he was helping these guys along the way to promote this idea that it jumped from animal to man because how or why, you know, some guy at a wet market ate a bat right. or something, you know, and the question is why? Why did he not disclose? And it's, of course, it has to do with gain of function. I, I, I remember using, used to hearing this term way back from my in-laws and thinking they were crazy. Like, what is this thing they're throwing out here? It's a conspiracy theory. And sure enough, now it's been firmly established. It's terrifying how much my in-laws get right. This is the thing. Honestly, we should just do... This is insane. We should just do a segment on conspiracy theories that became truth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because we also have emails from Fauci actively attempting to censor this point of view, right? That's right. To make it, to make it like, problematic for people's careers to discuss this in public when we should have been discussing it in public. Yeah. Yeah. Disca- dis- discouraged at the very least and censored at the worst, right? right. At, the, at the most. He just didn't want to be implicated in any way with the lab leak theory if it was going to take off because, you know, as we all now know, he helped fund the creation and research into the coronavirus that leaked out of the virology lab. I mean, it's a problem. Yeah. That's, that's a real, that honestly... All, all the all the things that you imagine the worst of, then you're like, oh, that was so that was confirmed, huh? Was that well, but and, and that and that's the thing. And the question is, does it have we hit rock bottom here, or do you think there's like worse underneath this that well, we're going to find out? I do think you know Fauci has moved on. Do I think he's going to no. pay a giant reputational or like income price or mm-hmm. anything else? Likely never, right? He's going to yeah. sail off into the sunset with his big pension courtesy of us right yeah however he does not wield the same power he did before now that's because he 
left of his own volition, but it's partly because he left of his own volition because he knew this was going to be coming. Yeah. So he's out at least of that position. And the question is whether things could be healthier without him. I don't, I don't know. These institutions don't show any big inclination to change in healthy ways. In fact, hold on. I'm going to throw this at you real quick, Vic. I just want to quote someone from the CDC who is involved in the, the, re, the revamping they're doing over there. Because they've, de- they've decided they do have some issues. Okay. Yes. So there's oh, a real, there's some, there's some issues over there. Let me just give as an example of whether these institutions can be reformed. This is some reporting in The Hill on the woman who is supposed to be the chief medical officer at CDC and reforming the agency. She said she knows CDC has a reputation for being an academic-focused agency. One of the main criticisms it faces is that it is too focused on data analysis at the expense of action. So she's really looking to change that because... The real problem was that they were too focused on data, right? And not enough on giant proclamations from insufficient or bad data, right? Yeah, that's what they they can't even diagnose the problem. This is this is not at all encouraging, Mary. It's not even close, man. uh, Yeah, no, that that that's just depressing. (laughs) It's sad. So, at any rate. At least Fauci is gone from being like the Regina George of the scientific community and public health community for now and telling people where they can and cannot sit. Speaking of where you can and cannot sit. Oh, here you go. Oh, nice. that's a really Vic level transition. That's good. Um, yes. Let's talk about the Department of Transportation. Oh, Pete Buttigieg is here to rescue us, Vic. He's also getting kind of sick and tired of the questions about East Palestine. He, he literally said BS. <laughs> He said, these, these, these accusations are BS, he said. Well, there was you know, another story this week. I think it was Politico that was like, that was like, you know, this, this post has become a real, it's not oh. a walk in the park for Pete Buttigieg. No. And I, it's like, the whole tone of the thing is like, we've wronged Poot, Pete Buttigieg yes. How by dare robbing we? him yeah. of his easy mm-hmm. stepping stone to being president. I'm sorry, yeah. Pete. I'm sorry. So Pete is on the job finally for something. Do you want to know what it is? Yes, give it to me. This is a U.S. DOT press release. Today, the U.S. Department of Transportation is making it easier for parents to avoid paying junk fees to sit with their children when they fly by rolling out a new family seating dashboard that highlights the airlines that guarantee fee-free family seating and those that do not. Okay, so what the administration has done is it has a website, and when an airline calls them and says, hi, U.S. government, we're doing the thing that you want us to do, they put that on the website. On the dashboard. Yeah, on the da- so you've got a dashboard. That's, that's what they call it to make it sound fancy. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's basically like a chore chart for your children where they put a star <laughs> beside right. each, right. each airline that's quote, doing, bed, doing the right training. thing. Among those, by the way, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines, Frontier have stepped forward. Ooh, Frontier shaming everybody. You all are going to have to do the thing because if Frontier can do it, y'all can do it. Right. Um, <laughs> Who's next spirit? They are, yeah, they've stepped forward to guarantee that parents can sit with their young children without getting nickel and dimed. While this pr- represents significant progress, USDOT is not stopping there. 
They've, of course, already begun to work on common sense rulemaking to ban airlines from charging families junk fees to sit together. Okay. Let me let me ask you this. Are we talking about the seating charts on planes where suddenly, not so suddenly, every seat has a different price? Is that what's going on here? Yes. Okay. So this is right. a fairly new phenomenon. And I share the administration's view that it is BS. If it's I very may. smart. But I wanted. I was curious where you were going to stand on this because it's it's very smart of them to call it junk fees. It's such a yeah. negative term. But please can, I, I continue the, because because this is a different thing now, and 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 every seat may have a different price. So I uh, think this is ahead. a new phenomenon, which I agree is BS, and it is. Some of these airlines have started to say, if you want seats together as a full family then you will be paying sometimes a fee on top of your ticket to be seated together, okay? So if you haven't, for instance, designated your seats before you get there, you know, that sometimes happens on flights, uh, they can't guarantee you that you're sitting with your kid, which I think is insane. <laughs> like, well, just, I would just think as it's, a yeah, I would customer think it's service. Ins- yeah, I would think it's insane for a stranger to want to sit next to a, a, a child they don't know. That would be weird. Well, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's silly. It's a safety thing. It's a, it's bothersome to other passengers. Yeah. There's some out there who would say, oh yes, if you'd like to uh, sit next to my three-year-old, you're more than welcome to sit next to my three-year-old. That usually solves the problem. So I, I do think that families should be accommodated in this way. I do not think the government should ban the practice because airlines and any company needs a lot of creative ways to make things work and to, you know, you choose which airline you like. Maybe the dashboard can help you do that. And you choose the ones that don't do that to you. But sometimes to keep the fares lower, they end up doing these other things, right? I get it. I get it. Yeah. I don't love Uh, it, but I get it. the, The cheapest seats are the middle and the back, aren't they? Yes, Middle, I think so. you're sitting next to two people on your left and right, and you're in the back. Yeah, you have I'm, to pay more money to basically just like not be treated like an animal. An animal, yes, <laughs> yes, like steerage. The, the 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 most expensive seats, of course, we're talking not business class here, but the most expensive seats in the economy are, are what the exit rows. And, exit rows uh, and bulkhead. Yes. Do you prefer aisle or window? I like a window seat. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, because that's yeah. I like to I, see where I'm going. It's so pretty. Unless they um, say close the window, close the shades. You can't have the you can't although have when it open. My kids were yeah. smaller. I used to sit on the aisle to like fence them in. Right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, there will be no well, escaping. So like for example, next month we're going we're we're going to England, you know. So way ahead of time, although you know, some people say it's too early because you have to plan it just right to get the right price, but you have to choose the seats you know, yes. on the airplane. And because I think it's like three and then an aisle and three or whatever it is, three, two, three. I was like, how do we do this? Um, and so what I ended up doing is so that we're not sitting with strangers, we are two and two. So it's like we're on one side of the plane right? and there's two seats and then behind two seats. So we're not in a row, but you know, you can turn around and talk to, and, that, and I think that that'll work out just fine. Well, and there are some I who think. will say, if you don't plan ahead, you have to pay the price. And I get uh-huh. that. I just think the the separating children from their parents is pretty dicey. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty dicey. 
It is. I imagine again, there's an honor. Si- they rely on an honor system, though, right? Because they'll say, is anyone willing to switch? And hopefully right. the answer is yes. Well, usually, hopefully. yes. And I, right. in those situations, by the way, if I'm in a situation where I need somebody to switch, the rule is you can ask someone to upgrade to your aisle seat but you cannot ask them to downgrade, downgrade. to your middle seat, yeah. right? That's yeah, that's right. That's how that works. So you have to find some poor sucker who's in a middle seat who wants your aisle seat. Don't you think? Do, I, I imagine there are some people who prefer not to sit with their kids, though. No, I I think that's that is probably a thing, and they're going to get complaints oh from other gosh. people. Anyway, the point is, I would like this all to play out with people just like complaining at the airlines, which yes. is what we do all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's how it's um, in the old-fashioned way. The Biden administration is like. We are coming to the rescue, not to East Palestine, but we are coming to the rescue. No, that's a very here. government thing to do. Yeah, here, and you get to score political points cheap. Yeah, no, it's it's actually it's not bad messaging, no. and we finally found something that Buttigieg is overseeing. Yes, we yes. finally we that's found right. the Here's thing, something. guys. Yeah, that's we right. We found the thing. I'll tell you a funny story. When we were during the when the COVID rules were still in place for flights, we were flying down to Savannah, and we had separate seats. And so my son, who maybe he was 13 at the time, 12 or 13, ended up sitting next to this elderly woman. And then they just ended up striking. I could see them. They struck up a conversation. And then after the drink service, both of them kept their masks off. Oh. And I was waiting. I was waiting for the flight attendant to scold them. To scold them. Did not. Did not. Look, so. see, yeah. oh, it's so nice. Maybe yeah. we should do this. By the way. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's me. Let's make new friends. You know? <laughs> a secret of the pandemic is that it was some of the best traveling there oh. was. It was, there was so few people. There was nobody on the plane. Yeah. The tickets were so cheap. I took my kids to Dollywood. I took my kids to mm-hmm. uh, to the West Coast twice. <laughs> we went to Colorado twice. Yes, I am. Am I a grandma killer? I guess I am. But I no, not in was, my not in my eyes. You I think? Hate, you're, you know, please who you're talking to. But I I did hate flying with the mask. In what is probably the cleanest air you'll find. Yeah, it's not fun, system. especially for extended periods of time, oh, no. which is what they ask still preschoolers yeah. to do in some parts of the country. Yeah, great. Not on a plane, just in their classrooms. Right. Loopy. It's loopy, man. It I did, I think, get someone took pity on me and never made me put on my mask in this doctor's office today because I was juggling the toddler. So. Oh, it's still required where you went. It it was at this place, and I just kind of was. I never even had hands to put it on. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was doing many other things. And not, you know, I love my oral surgeon's office just because they're very early on. They were like, you know, I didn't see anybody in masks. And, but my, I like my oral surgeon, but he gives off a very Tim Watley vibe. If you watched Seinfeld, it's going to leave it at that. Just gonna gotcha. leave it at that. He's very cool. He's very cool. He's very cool to you. Okay. Yeah. So I have been flying with my kids forever. And my, mm-hmm. my main tip to parents flying with kids is that they take their cues from you. So if you're delayed or what ha- whatever happens, just like the more, the more chill you are. Look, they don't know what time is. My yeah. my kids didn't know That's that it true. didn't take Concept 17 hours to get to California. The time I took them, I was like, oh yeah, this is just how long it takes to get to California, girls. I don't. <laughs> it's crazy. So they'll take their cues from you, and also just the more you practice when you're young, the less scary it gets. When they're young, the less scary it gets. Like it's just gonna get scarier oh, yeah. if you never mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. You mean get on a plane? Yeah. Yes. But now, would I get on a plane with this monster 15-month-old I just took to the... No. No, I would not. She needs another year at least before I'm getting on a plane she's with her. Now, yes, she's now in that in-between stage. She's in the zone where that's not it happening. It's not a good zone. But 
we we do a thing where the kids are mostly deprived of iPads for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And then when they get on a plane, they're allowed to have them. Ah. So it's effective. They're like, oh, we will not make a peep. Unless, of course, they discover, you know, if you're going on a long flight and they have it built into the back of the seat. Yes, me, then, that's, then, there's then, that that's, too. And then they're, exciting. they're totally delighted by that. Yes. I mean, that's their own personal TV. They're so excited. This is my, con- my concern flying there. I mean, I have, my kids are teenagers now, but my concern is that they'll be, you know, it's a night flight. You're supposed to, I've never taken this late of a flight where you immediately get on a plane and you should theoretically sleep right? because it leaves at like 10 or whatever at night and arrives 11 the next morning. But I, I can't help but think they'll be too excited and want to check out the different channels. Probably. Yeah. They can do it quietly. It's okay. They're yeah, they're old enough true. to do that. Be. I'm gonna tell one brief story about my Please. my my airplane travel with my kids. Also, I find that people have always been much nicer to me than advertised. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, people are gonna be when so they mad see you at have you kids for yeah. having babies mm-hmm. or toddlers on a plane, and I've I've rarely had that experience. Yeah. I oh one more tip for people flying with kids: it's your stroller and luggage sort of situation before you go through the security line because if you can do it fast people will stand up and applaud i mean my i'm like i've told you before i'm like optimus prime like everything's switching up and changing getting thrown on the the thing the kids are in place everyone knows their role it's very (laughs) we do drills we do drills but suddenly you're this 18 wheeler come on in kids yes so one time on a very delayed flight, I had my two very, very young children at the time. I think they were like, like six months and two and a half. I mean, it was a lot. And we were flying from Atlanta to California, I think, Atlanta to LA. Ooh. And we ended up being delayed, delayed, delayed oh. by Delta. And we also ended up in first class, partly as a result of having been delayed, I think, all these times. So they were, I think, trying to be nice to us. And, but, we got we get in first class at a 10 p.m. flight and I'm looking at all these people like I'm so sorry I know you paid money oh. for these seats <laughs> they also did not assign our seats so we didn't know where to go so we're just kind of standing uh-huh. and I can't corral the children and I can't put them where they're supposed to be and onto the plane walks Tyrese Gibson the the actor the actor model yeah. R&B yeah. Like, I believe he's a fashion guy as well. He's a, like designed things. He was um, in the fast- movie. He, he fought opposite James Franco in Annapolis. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's Tyrese. Gibson. Well, and he's of Fast and Furious fame. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, and of course has feuded with The Rock, which is not something everybody has the courage to do. So anyway, Tyrese Gibson walks onto the plane. I'm like, oh my God, that's Tyrese. That's Tyrese. So he he comes to where we're sort of like standing temporarily in these seats. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Are these your seats? Well, they haven't given us a seat yet. I'm just trying Were to get out of the way. Were you charmed? Were you like sort of uh Well, wait till you hear it. Oh my gosh. And I was like, you know, we're not trying to get anybody's way. I, and the the flight attendant comes up and she says, okay, we're going to seat you here. And then it turns out he's right across from us. And I said, I'll try to keep them as quiet as possible. I know. And he's like, he's like, no, I'll sit next to these angels. They're good luck. And Tyrese and was right. goes down in history. As a very, very nice star. And I will always appreciate him, even when he's feuding with The Rock. Did you did you have a face of sort of like, you know, were you sort of glowing like Oh yeah. I'll sit next to these <laughs> angels. I wish I had it on tape. Yeah. So we we yeah. made it. 
That's great. Anyway, That's great. now I don't need Tyrese to take care of me because Pete Buttigieg is. It's a real downgrade, actually. <laughs> is he tall? No, he's average height, I would say. I would say they're probably thinner than, than they look on TV. They're all thin. Yes. You know. Anyway, that's my plain discussion. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about next? Do you want to talk about a meritocracy and how uh, we're losing oh, it? Yeah, sure. That's right. Oh. You know, Bad your, news for your Asians. people are going to yeah, have a no, problem. No, this, <laughs> is, this is this is this is this is yet another defeat for Asian kids. But do explain to our listeners yes. what are we okay, talking so, about? Okay, so here we go. Columbia University has just become the first Ivy League school to permanently abandon the SAT ACT requirement. For college admission, elite colleges are eliminating standardized tests before they eliminate legacy admissions. That tells you all you need to know. That's a reporter for writing for mm-hmm. the Free Press, which is Barry Weiss's outlet. And he's he's making the argument like, look, you're actually dropping a tool that yep. kids from lower income families or from chaotic homes can use if their IQ is high and they can yeah. take a test well, then they can actually make strides when they're not able to do other things like consistently attend school or maybe consistently be on all their assignments because right, they're working outside of school, this. whatever, yeah. what have you. Mm-hmm. But this is just, I mean, it's just so now. It's in yeah. the name of equity, of course. But there has to be some sort of neutral gauge. Now, their argument is it's not neutral, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, the fact is, Asians do really well on these, t- except for me, apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> How disappointed uh, were your parents? Yeah, I know. I know. I, I was about average. I went slightly above, but I had to take a a, a a prep course just to be, you know, I'm not good at t- taking tests. You know, I, 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 and it's, I also took the LSAT, by the way, and did very average. And it's this logic and intuitive stuff that I hate, and which is why I, I really sucked at econ. You know, four semesters and I had a C average, micro, macro, makes no difference. But, you know, memorizing, I'm really good at memorizing stuff. You know? Yeah. But, but, but this intuitive stuff is terrible. But I mean, in, in, what you're, what you're, in a perfect world, right, college admissions takes into account both those test scores for people, as the author mentions, who can do really well despite their circumstances, but also your grades, class rank, extracurriculars, and other things like that. Right. Um, but it seems like that's all being thrown out now. So number one, not having the test, you know, uh, at all, you know, you, you're missing that metric. But a lot of these places now are going to also downplay, you know, the academics, as you know. I mean, so it, it comes down to, again, wanting to, you know, achieve that sort of equity that they, they so desire. But again, you know, my Asians are, are, are at a disadvantage here because they're not the right minority, as they say. Right. And hence you see this. I mean, this is why we have a Supreme Court case coming up of Harvard uh, right. involving and these Asian students. Right. And is, is, this a, is this a sort of preemptive action because these schools anticipate that the, yeah. the SCOTUS is going to knock down sort of more formal affirmative action policies and therefore they need to sort of reform yeah. their their tactics so that they can get the same results, but they can't like get in trouble with the court. Right. Uh, quite possibly. And it is about getting the same results. I'll tell you something interesting. And uh, by results, I mean like students who can spout DEI euphemisms. Yes. <laughs> that's what it's coming down to. That's I what mean, I that want. That is a lot of you it. Know, but that's what I want. You know, the next time, you know, when I, when, when, when I need surgery, that's what really matters to me. You yeah. know, not whether oh, or not Oh yeah. No, you got to. 
No, I got to make sure. But, by the way, in, it is check... in the medical schools. It's in medical. No, you got to Google yeah. your your. In the next twenty years, you're gonna have to Google that diploma on the wall and figure out if that school yeah. used testing. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they I'd talk like about this. Stanley Goldfarb talks about the hit this in his great book, "Take Two Aspirins and Call Me by Your Pronouns." Such and a of great course, name. Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel's new book as well on stolen youth. It's the same thing. They talk about what's happening in these schools and not, you know, it's medical schools. So what I was going to say was Bill Maher recently had on Bernie Sanders on the show, and they had this discussion about the difference between equality and equity. And Sanders couldn't really answer the difference. So like Maher tries to help him out. And then he was like, you know, equality is, you know, we all have the equal, the opportunities, Opportunities, the equality of opportunity and equity is more like the predetermined outcome. And ends up getting Bernie to say that he's for equality. But of course, that's not true for any of these, for these progressives. Because well, yeah, the now they're going to be mad at Bernie. Yeah. I mean, again, the difference is what these, it's, it's, it's what these people want. You can all begin the race at the same starting line, but they already know who they want to win and right. who should win. So what's the point? Anyway. It's also just unreasonable. There are, there's not going to be equal no. outcomes ever. That's not how right. that works. Speaking of this this kind of metric and rhetoric, I've been looking mm-hmm. for summer camps for the kids. This actually combines both of our first topic. I've been looking for summer camps for the kids and the extra work you have to do to comb through for both COVID requirements, oh. which still, yeah. like some of them are still like vax required for seven-year-olds in 2023. No. Mm-hmm. And then also I went looking for like, theater like a theater camp you know my kids sure. are my kids, kids are, love theater they're camp. poised on stage i would like them to have a chance to do that kind of performance but i'm aware that that community is certainly left of me right mm-hmm. i know this but i thought maybe there's probably like some children's musical theater or something around where they could like i don't know learn some classic plays or you know whatever it is so I go searching and like every so naive every website is like oh for the children's theater of such and such here's our DEI policy front and center and how we feel about it. I'm like is this necessary for a children's troupe of actors I I don't wow yeah it's I mean now I live in a place where that is more likely than other places but yeah the the D, the, the three page column length DEI information on the children's theater camp thanks guys i think it makes them feel better though that's really what matters it doesn't make me feel better it makes me feel like hey why don't you teach them some shakespeare yeah that's not shakespeare's problematic that is not happening we're gonna do mama's drama camp where we learn (laughs) to recite shakespeare no you'll get some interesting ones yeah so anyway we're working on that and yes the covid Mm. stuff i've emailed several of them and been like are you really still doing this because I got tricked last year, you'll remember, I when I thought it was no masks, and then it turns out it was masks. Get to, so yeah. I'm checking very specifically about these policies before we commit. In this. It really is amazing, despite, again, the data yeah. of kids it's crazy. and COVID and masks. We are, no, we do nothing. have one camp where they're going, they're going to hang with the grandparents in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And the camp... I hope it's as good as it sounds. The camp is by the side of the river that I grew up near and like climbed rocks and hiked and yep. all that stuff. And, and it's called, it's like living like a pioneer. 
So they're going to go out and do pioneer stuff by the river. And wow. I'm just surprised that that like can even exist. So no, that sounds like it's basically something straight out of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah, I hope they chop some chickens' necks. I say I'll, I'm going to be I'm going to be hanging out with Ma. I need them to come you know, back I'm with apocalypse the skills. Yeah, I need yeah. them to come back with those. Yeah, Not that right. we haven't been teaching those, because obviously we have. No, obviously you guys have. Yeah. Obviously we have. They're, wherever, they're when, far ahead whenever of that comes, by the way, wherever whenever that happens, just please let us know where you're going, so we'll follow, and we'll meet you there. <laughs> yes. So Steve can take. I'll write about it. I can write about. Okay, it. you're going to write yeah. about it. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh man, what should we do next? We got a choice. Did you? Did you yes. Did you want to talk about AOC? Oh, we should cover or, that because this yeah. is. Yeah, this is really something. You'll remember that AOC attended the Met Gala and she wore, yes, queen, a white dress that uh, across the back said tax the rich so that we didn't. It was very subtle. It was, you know, art at its best. That's what she did. Yeah. This is the New York Post reporting on this is like, what are we, a year and a half out now from that? Almost two years. Yep. Socialist darling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez threw one of her campaign staffers under the bus after the Democrat apparently flouted house ethics rules by attending the 2021 Met Gala wearing luxurious apparel that included a glitzy gown with tax the rich inscribed across the back in blood red letters. Thank you, New York Post, for that. (laughs) The Bronx and Queens Rep 33 claimed to investigators with the Office of Congressional Ethics who were looking into this. She was unaware that thousands of dollars for her dress rental Shoes, hair, makeup, and other accoutrements went unpaid for months after the event, leaving her open to allegations of improperly accepting gifts. She also got some duds for her fiancé, or is he now her oh. husband? Then fiancé, I believe. Yeah. He the wore ginger, some, as they say. He wore some gifted clothes. I just never, ever would have allowed that to happen knowing what I have learned, Ocasio-Cortez said during a May 2022 interview but i wasn't privy to the invoices wasn't privy to the ones that had been sent and we're finding this all out because the ethics committee is looking into this now but apparently the hairstylist and the makeup artists have been like getting in touch with them like hey i need my 423 dollars yeah for 478 for 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 the hair bill and it, it boggles my mind because the hairstylist's only getting paid because i believe he or she threatened to take like legal action. In other words, like small claims court, like the people's court, that's what this was going to come to. Good for her. Good for her. And that's how, and of course the ethics committee, but she really was going to take action about this or he. And then then the other thing was the makeup was $345. Right. You don't, and like, you don't have that. You, You don't have 345 to actually pay for this. Well, and and she here she is trying to like make up for it's just a deeply regrettable situation. I feel terrible for especially the small businesses that were impacted. Indeed, like the a, yeah. a makeup artist and a hair stylist. These people need to make a living. They they work yeah. often for themselves. They get different gigs for different events or different TV TV networks, mm-hmm. and you know piece things together. And it does sound like, by the way, to the to to many people, it sounds like outrageous to get. $500 of, or what is it? $800 total of makeup and hair, but for a giant event like this in New York city, not really. I was going to ask you. So like she couldn't, the, ob, it's not really an option per se, realistically for her to do her own makeup in this situation. It's more like a wedding event. Yes. You have it's, to it's have somebody quite do it a, for you. It would not be. 
yeah, most people will have it done professionally. And if you're doing mm. that in New York City at this level, cost. it's going to cost you some money. Okay. Also, just pay these people. Yeah. Again. <laughs> you agreed to the service and the cost. Yeah. I just love right. that the, it's like, oh, this is a this is a woman who stands up for regular people by going to the Met Gala where everyone was masked but her because yes. this was... 2021 yes. correct so it was yes. back in that time the help um the help was masked the event was quote unquote outdoors because they mm. just tented off an entire area so it wasn't outdoors it just had four walls and a ceiling yeah. that were made of fabric and then they waltzed around in front of the help with their masks and then it turns out they didn't even pay the help yeah I mean, that's so so trashy. It is. She And she's also very fortunate that she had her hair and makeup done in New York because, you know, if you had it done in Jersey, you'd be (laughs) Jersey-fied. Now, see, that would be a real working man move, right? (laughs) They'd really do a little bit more teasing over there. Now, if I were going to the Met Gala, I might do my own hair and makeup because I'm very cheap. But- if I contracted with somebody, I would pay that person. Oh, That's what I that, would do. You'd be, you'd want to know that these people were paid is the other thing. So I'm not sure if I buy it. Well, and I just love that, you know, it's always power to the people. Yeah. Except do I care enough to check that the people got a paycheck yeah. for my super fancy event that I went to? By the way, I believe there's, there are also bills for her ride that evening, including idling which someone noted is really good for the environment. Right. And Bill's It's okay her, if they do it. Again, her fiance's outfit. Ugh. They were just just Come just on. just hoovering up those special treats and nobody paying for them. That is. Yeah, you know, we're the Are problem we... though, Vic. We're the problem. Yes. Well, let's talk about cologne. It... Yes, okay, fine. Sorry, Vivek. We're going to talk about cologne. That is going to be our long-running thing. You know, when Vivek Ramaswamy becomes actual president of the United States, we're <laughs> going to eventually never have talked to talk about, about him. About him. No, Look. okay, he's in the Oval Office. He's just been sworn in. You know we should talk about the youngest president in American history. But no, no. Well, until then, we have more important things to talk yeah, about, no, we, including Yeah, we have stuff to talk about. I Cologne. promise. Ne- next episode, we will do a 2024 <laughs> segment. I that swear. That is it. That's it. So really quickly, I sent this to you, this item. Pakaraban died last month. He, he, I don't know. Was, was the name familiar to you at all? No, I did not know this. Okay, one. I was good. I was wondering. One, he was really for guys, and two, I don't know if your father ever was a cologne guy. So my dad had a very specific kind. He didn't wear cologne. He had a very uh-huh. specific Old Spice aftershave. Aftershave that, that has since been discontinued, but I every couple of years have found it on eBay for him. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So that I, one, that one yes. really brings back memories for me. It, well, that's it. It's all about bringing back these memories. So when Raban died, Rich Cohen had this funny piece in the Wall Street Journal talking about his youth and how Cologne was such a part of his growing up, you know, high school and everything else. And it was for me. And it made me wonder, you know, when I grew up in the 80s going into the early 90s, you know, guys wore Cologne. And and Cohen says he wore it because his girlfriend made him wear Paco Rabanne. My father wore Paco Rabanne. It is a very distinct smell. He wore it because his girlfriend. I wore cologne because I was trying to get a girlfriend. Right, right. That's that. that and, and the first cologne that I got after I graduated from eighth grade, I kid you not, it was a gift. And the cologne was called One Man Show. 
And let me tell you it something. It doesn't sound that promising. Honestly. It, it yeah. remained. It remained. A, it, it, it was true to it's true to its name. I was a. It remained a one man show. But eventually, because I grew, you know, growing up in Jersey, Dracar was yes. Very I was going to say Dracar, Dracar Noir yeah. was the scent of high school for us. And what, was, I, I, what, oh, for you too as well. Then yes, okay. Dracar right. Noir, I, I believe, bridged our our generations. Yes. Ah, yes, the power of the black. <laughs> and uh, I love the smell, it, but you know, you would, I, you know, some guys would you know, direct, direct spray. Some people did the splash if you had that kind, or what you were. I was told you're supposed to do is spray it into the air and walk through the mist. Yes, that that was always the technique that I learned with a little bit of on your maybe on your wrist. Well, that's more. Your... Did your brothers wear cologne when they were growing I up? I don't think much. They probably did at times, but I. It was not a. It was not pervasive, so I don't think a lot. I do whenever I smell Dracar Noir, I think of uh -huh. high school. And then I, I had one friend so who wore Tommy Girl. Oh yeah. And Tommy Girl is a very distinct yes. smell. Yes. And I still think of that friend. If I if I ever smell, smell Tommy Girl or anything yeah. that smells like it, it is yeah. just this one person. You know what I would I would I would want to get the cologne where the commercial where women ch going after the guy like they can't control themselves right and obviously. they're just like this animal this animal instinct takes over that's what I would get and it was with amazing results with amazing results you know what Kate said with Kate said growing up in Connecticut she went to public school but it was in Connecticut the popular cologne among the boys was Polo in the green bottle oh yeah Aqua de Gio was was a one oh. was one for both men and women and women when I was in high well yeah. there's a women's version so there's two yeah. different versions I don't wear perfume yeah. because my nose is too sensitive at I, all you don't wear perfume at all no I just wear soap and then I, I have okay. like this is a hangover from high school I do have some like sort of they're less than perfume. It's like a body yeah. spray-ish, uh -huh. but not in the not in the Bath and Body Works vein, like, you know, yeah. melon cucumber, that style. A little more sophisticated than that at this okay. point. Okay, okay, but yes. it's just a lighter smell because I find that I'm totally overtaken by it and it, it distracts me. No, no, so yeah, I, haven't, no. I haven't ever landed on like a signature scent, but I'm kind of jealous of people who have because it's a thing and you think uh, of them. Kate has a Kate has a very nice one. It is like something bergamot like, but I forget oh, the name of the product of the of, of the brand. But I just wonder why we stopped wearing cologne because now because, I guess I'm because wear kids, like body spray now. Yeah, right? well the Axe. kids went to Axe. The men, Axe, the, yeah, the young men yeah, yeah, went yeah. to Axe and it's that's not a it's not it's a not great the same. Look. No. Yeah. No, it's not like, the same. I, we had I more like, class back then. No, well, I do like that it was like we were reaching for something, you know? <laughs> we were we were trying, we're trying to, to look, yeah, we're trying we to were trying to be grown ups, okay? Yeah, we were trying to be grown ups. I bought yeah. I bought Steve some cologne maybe on our first Christmas, and it was a little bit of a risk because obviously that's a little bit of a personal thing. Yes, but yes, I'd very... heard him I'd heard him talking about it with his best friend, and they were raving about it, and and I went looking for it, and it was also sort of expensive, and it's like a tobacco and vanilla sort of combo. Oh, yeah, manly. It is. Lovely, and it works great, and it he likes it, and he still wears brand, it for fancy what occasions. The, what is the brand name? I believe it was like Tom Ford or something. Oh, fancy! Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say one man show. No, that it came back. <laughs> okay, I I have news for you, which is I the vacuum people are coming up here, so I think that's our cue. That's it. Yes, it's Tom that's Ford it. tobacco okay. vanilla. Just so you guys know. Very okay. Tobacco. I'm going to look for that one. Just a small like Steve. Okay, that's no one man show. Then <laughs>
He was never a one-man show. Speaking that of wraps which, up. What? It is my yes. anniversary today. So happy anniversary, Steve. Happy anniversary to you guys. It's been a big three years, y'all. God bless. That's wonderful. And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am at MK Hammer. On Twitter at MK Hammer Time. On Instagram, you can follow me there for pictures of my little monsters. While Enjoy I your anniversary. To toddlers. Yeah. Yes, we're going to go have some nice dinner and maybe a cocktail. Oh, and then come back to our house where our baby might let us sleep. We'll see. Thank you for being here. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This is a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>